WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car questions. And if you're wondering, and if you're wondering why I sound maybe a little bit different, because I'm not in the studio today, I'm actually in uh, Auto Toys in Randolph. Uh, we've been here for years and years and years. Uh, it's a great little auto stereo store right in Randolph. Uh, Dave, the owner's been here forever. He's been doing installations forever. I think I just heard him say something like 28 years, and we'll be talking to him in just a bit. And then uh, this morning during the show, we're going to be talking to Phil Hollenbeck. He is from Hearts Corporation. We've talked to the folks from Hearts before. That is about, uh, they're the uh, one of the largest convertible top material manufacturers, and they're located right in Massachusetts. And you think about these worldwide uh, w- worldwide companies, and you wonder where they are. And this one's located right in Massachusetts. So we'll be talking. We'll be talking to him in just a second, and we'll be reviewing the Cadillac XT6 sport utility vehicle. So we have a lot of things going on today. And if you happen to be in the Randolph area, stop on by between now and 10 o'clock. And I have I don't know more than a dozen tickets to the Boston Auto Show, which is coming up. If you want tickets to the Boston Auto Show, don't call Dennis because um, he's not he doesn't have them. I have them. So send me an email at jpaul, J-P-A-U-L, at A-A-A Northeast. you got to spell out northeast.com. So jpaul at AAA northeast.com, and I will hook you up with a pair of tickets to the Boston Auto Show. That's coming up Martin Luther King weekend. That's January 16th to the 20th. And uh, maybe next week or the week after, we'll be talking to Chris Russell from the Boston Auto Show about what is going on. It's all starting to come together now with what makes and models are going to be there. So we'll talk to him. But right now, we have uh, Phil Hollenbeck from Hearts Corporation on the phone with us. Phil, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Hey, hey how you doing, John? Good, how are you? Hey, um, good. Uh, you know, it's uh, it snowed to th- this week. It was pouring rain this week. And you think, is this the week you want to have a convertible? But convertibles... Every are week's a week you want to have a convertible, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it used to be, I remember, uh, because I'm old... I had a, I'm trying to think what it was. It was some sort of MGB. It was 70s, it was late 60s, early 70s. It was, uh, I guess, my sports car um, phase. And it had a convertible top. And when it rained, I, and it was a new convertible top. And when it rained, I might as well just go home. Because it, it, it did, I won't say it rained as much inside as outside. But today's convertible tops are so much different, aren't they? They are a lot different, yeah, and, uh, you know, that might have been part of the fact that it's a British car, right? That's what they say about the cars back then, well, but our, our material now is, is quite a bit different than it was uh, back then, and, and um, the the amount of R&D and, and development and things that have gone on in the past 20, and even realistically the past 10 and past 5 years are really uh, quite incredible, and, and the things that we've been able to do with the textiles and, and our topping material and, and the testing that we do on it now 
due to the OEM requirements is um, it, it's it's quite a bit different than it was you know back in the day with those older cars, like you say. Yeah, and today's convertibles. I mean, my wife has a Volkswagen uh, Beetle convertible, and even that, which is you know, it's it's you know, kind of a I guess entry level convertible. Even that, when you're out on the highway, you wouldn't, and the tops up, and you and you guys provided the material for it. Uh, when the tops up, you don't really even think of it as being a convertible because it's so quiet. It is, yeah. We've done a lot of a lot of work uh, on our acoustics, um, which really uh, the big push really started back with the C5 Corvette. Um, and we had back then, we had developed a special product just for that car that was actually five layers and took quite a bit of processing through our plant to get that made. And that's how we achieved the sound levels back then that, that GM was looking for. And now we're able to achieve those same sound levels and even better with only three layers just because of the difference that we have in the textiles. And like I say, the, the R&D work that's gone on between our facility and our textile mills, our, our vendors, um, has really been, you know, top of the line over the past few years. And we've been able to take what was a five-layer product and make a better three-layer product, which is lighter, uh, you know, easier to manipulate, easier to, to go up and down, and has improvements in acoustics. Yeah, it it really is. It really is pretty amazing. And, um, you know, like you pointed out, the three-layer products and, you know, how, how things are, you know, how, how it all works today. But the, you know, convertible tops, even as good as they can be, they have a lifespan. But it used to be that, you know, not that many years ago, a good convertible top, you might get three or four years out of it. But today's convertible tops can, can last, um, uh, you know, what, five, six, seven, ten years, depending on how you take care of them, right? Yeah, if you take care of them, you could easily get 10 years out of them. I mean, we, we bank on pretty much people getting seven. You know, not every car yeah. is garaged, right? Um, and it depends certainly on where you are in the country. Uh, believe it or not, you're better off probably with a convertible in the northeast than you are in some place like Arizona where it's, it's going to see sun, you know, um, 365 days out of the year because the sun's probably the biggest enemy of, of any anything out there, including, you know, your paint on your car and your tires and, and things like that. So um, up here in the Northeast, it's it's not uncommon to get 10 years. I, I've had consumers call me that their their car is 15 years old and it still has the original top and they're, they're looking at doing a replacement. So um, it is quite interesting to see the change over, over the years of how they're lasting now. And, again, that goes back to the textile technology that we've been pushing with, with our vendors yeah, it, it is pretty amazing. But some of it is maintenance, too. You need to take care of a convertible top, right? Yeah, you do. We we recommend uh, and endorse Wolfstein's Pro Series products, which are Ragtop, which um, if you're at home and going to go online and check it out, it's Ragtop, R-A-G-G-T-O-P-P. And um, they've got a, a great line of products, and we actually help them out um, engineering their products. We actually have a brand-new product of theirs in our laboratory uh, right now, in for testing, that's a, a waterproofing chemical, and we had our engineers uh, designed and developed the brush that comes with their kits, which is a great. It's it's the best brush we've ever we've ever seen as far as cleaning uh, convertible tops. But we always tell people, you know, get get that um, rag top stuff, and your top will last. You know, really as long as the fabric will last, and and the fabric, you know, like I said, if you take care of it. 
you're you're most likely going to get ten years out of it at least. Mm. And um, if it's garage and things like that, uh, you, you could get longer. But we recommend people. It's kind of like waxing your car. You know, um, I'm a car guy, and I, I I'll wash and wax my car. I'll wash it more often, but maybe wax it you know twice a year. Some people do it more often, but basically we tell people when you wax your car, go ahead and and do your top. And it's important to note too that no matter if you if you apply the um, water repellent finish that comes with the rag top, which we recommend because it helps keep the top clean. But even if for some reason you don't do that, the top will always remain waterproof because of the way we make it with that three layers. So if the, what the water repellent chemical that we put on it will wear off over time. You could think of it like Rain-X on your windshield. Over time it wears off. Um, but even when that wears off, the top will remain waterproof because of the, uh, the inner layer between the two fabrics. Yeah, it, it really, your tops are really pretty amazing. And um, uh, your job your job with Hearts is to deal with some of the original equipment manufacturers, right? Um, yeah, my, my job mostly, me personally, I'm dealing with the aftermarket side of things. Oh, okay, all right. Um, yeah, so um, I get involved a little bit with the OEMs. You know, if we're, uh, we go to SEMA, um, where we, we basically walk around and we're talking to our customers and things like that. So yep. at that point, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely talking to the OEMs. But some of our other folks um, that, that you know at the plant are more involved at the OEM level. Um, and we're very, very involved with those guys. We do uh, development meetings with them a couple times a year. And then that transfers down to our vendors who are making the fabrics, and we're doing development meetings with them. And there's a tremendous amount that goes on behind the scenes to constantly improve our topping material, which is which is what we're always looking to do. Um, the Eric Hartz, the owner, and the Hartz family is very proud of the business, and we're always striving to get better. And it's you you've been to the plant, John. So the kind of investments we make and the kind of machinery we have, and uh, when we make the case that you know we need to improve and we need to buy some new equipment, um, you know, Mr. Hertz will uh, pony up and, and do that because we're going to improve the, the product. Well, let's let's talk about Hearts Corporation just a bit. Um, you know, the old car hobby people they know Hearts for you know a really really long time. In fact, if you look at something like Hemmings Motor News and you look at some of the old cars that are for sale, they'll very specifically say it has a Hearts top on it because of the reputation Hearts has had for so long. Uh, but you guys have been around forever. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> been over a hundred years and. Uh, <clears throat> for convertible topping, our our um, main plant is in Acton, Massachusetts, <clears throat> and it's been um, been in Massachusetts uh, for, since the start. Not always in Acton, but always been in Massachusetts. And then we also have a plant in Mannheim, Germany, where we do um, different material, a little bit different material than we do over here. But that's uh, OEM for Porsche and Audi and Mercedes and some of the cars that are made over in Europe. Um, but yeah, so we have uh, strong ties to Massachusetts, and um, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, and it's it's sort of interesting because uh, up until this year, I'd never been to the Hearts plant, and you're sort of—I mean, I won't quite say you're in a residential neighborhood, but you sort of drive down the street and kind of think there can't be a manufacturing company down here, and you sort of <laughs> blend you blend right in. And one of the questions I think I asked either you or Doug was, you know, how you get along with the community. And you guys are you guys are uh, uh, really good neighbors in Acton. We are, yeah, and we we actually, 
you know, saying that we're in a residential neighborhood is, is definitely accurate. I mean, we're, we're near the school, um, we're near a uh, daycare center, and right in the middle of all the, all the houses and things like that. So we, uh, <clears throat> we pride ourselves in being good neighbors, um, not only environmentally, of course, but also, you know, noise and, and things like that. And the noise really comes from all the uh, vast amount of tractor trailers that are going in and out. So we limit that to uh, daytime hours and things like that. And we have uh, one of our um, members on our environmental management team is a liaison to the town and goes to the town meetings monthly and works with the town on different things. We've worked with them on, uh, believe it or not, we've worked with them on road projects. At the end of our road uh, where the tractor trailers turn, we've, we've helped them redesign that and... Um, so yeah, we we try and be good neighbors because we are manufacturing right right in the middle of a of a residential area where, like you say, you you drive down the road and say there can't be a a plant here. I mean, we're we're actually near um, a very historical uh, Civil War house where they they have a, a reenactment uh, on Patriots Day of some of the Civil War stuff, and it's it's literally two doors down from our facility. Yeah, it it really it really is. And uh, the other interesting thing was, as I was walking through the plant, and it, it is a it is a it's a big building. I mean, we were only in part of it, and it's a big building. And you know, talking to some of your employees, you know, I talked to I talked to one guy. I said, "How long have you been here?" He said, "I'm kind of new. I've only been here like 26 years." Um, you know, some, you know, somebody else had been there for you know, uh, you know, a dozen years, 15 years. Um, your your employees seem to seem to like being there and uh and they and they tend to stay which is which really tells a lot about the company i think it does yeah i i myself have been there for 22 uh years and you know eric you know eric he's the owner yep. he sits in the corner uh he, he's the kind of guy that makes it a point and he's actually doing it right now that at christmas time he walks around and says merry christmas to everybody and i mean everybody i'm talking day shift night shift because we run 24 hours uh, many, many of the people, if not most of the people, he's on a first-name basis with, even the, the folks in the plant that are, are night shift people that he wouldn't necessarily see that often. He knows these guys by uh, first name, and that's the kind of pride that he has in the business. It's, you know, been a family business forever. I think it was his great-grandfather that started it, and he's continuing it. And, you know, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't be there. It's, it's um, you know, being in the OEM automotive world uh can be stressful at times they're a pretty demanding bunch and um you know eric makes that uh, uh makes it a great place to work and that's why you see the longevity and it's really important um not only to make a good product but also to service our customers that that people have been there for so long we do a lot of plant tours for our customers and they're really impressed like you say they they talk to people out on the plant floor that really care about what they're doing and what they're making and um, you know, they've been there a very long time, and they, they really know what they're doing. So it, it helps when we're, um, you know, when we're talking to the OEMs and bringing them through and helping them understand how we do what we do. So it's, it, it is a great place to work. Yeah, it, it, really, it really seems to be. And, you know, again, walking through there and, you know, getting a, getting a little feel for the plant. The other thing is for, for a manufacturing plant, and a manufacturing plant that, you know, you guys are you guys are you know, mixing materials together and gluing things. I I never noticed, you know, any 
obnoxious smells. It isn't like I've walked through, um, I think I walked through a 3M plant one time, and, you know, you were getting dizzy by the time you were done with the plant tour because of the, because of the chemical smells, and you don't notice that at all in your place. No, you don't. That that goes right back to Eric and, you know, the pride in the business and the pride in the workers and making sure the workers are kept safe. We have a tremendous amount of money invested in a state-of-the-art incinerator system, and that takes all those chemicals and essentially burns them up, filters them through. A lot of the heat from that gets filtered back into the plant in the winter months to, um, you know, to heat the place, so we're using less energy, less gas to heat the place. So, uh, we try and be as environmentally conscious as we are, and we have people on the team that that's their job only is to look at things like that, uh, improve them, make them better. But, yeah, it is, um, you don't notice the smells, and something else you don't notice is chemical you know, spillages all over the floor and things like that. We always pride ourselves in being what we call hearts tour ready, right, quote, unquote, yep. and, uh, at any given minute. So... You know, if somebody walked in off the street and wanted a tour, we want it to look as good as it does if we've been planning for an OEM tour for two weeks. So um, the folks in the plant, the plant management, are very serious about that. And we've had a number of people come through and say, I, I can't believe with the number of chemicals you guys are dealing with here how clean it is and, and how, uh, you know, you can eat off the floor. So um, that's, you know, people's pride in their work. Yeah, no, it it really is, and actually, it was, it was kind of a funny thing. I was I was someplace, and uh, we were talking just kind of general safety about something, and usually it comes up just you know part of the nature of my job. And I mentioned something I saw at your plant with your forklifts, with the uh, with like the the blue spotlights that sort of that sort of project out from the forklift, so you kind of know the forklift is coming before it gets there. And the person I told it to, I said, yeah, it was at Hearts. And, the, you know, their forklifts have these lights that shine out about 10 feet ahead of time. So if somebody sees it coming around the corner, they know there's the, there's going to be a forklift right behind it. And they're like, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that with our forklifts. So, Yeah, that's, that's a, that yeah. actually, we uh, we stole that idea from actually one of our vendors, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, yeah. we, uh, we went to one of our vendors and saw it there. I'm not sure where they got the idea, but it's a great idea. And uh, I'm walking through the plant all the time. Uh, whether I'm going down to inspection to look at material or going out on the plant floor to talk to somebody to yep. find out where things are. And, and um, you know, we've had that, I think, it might be maybe going on four or five years now, and it is a great improvement um, because normally you're just you're tuned in and you're listening to, to the motor so you can hear the motor so you can hear them coming. Um, and, and people are, are very safe about driving. Um, but with the blue lights, it does make a huge difference because we have – Many buildings, as you know, you've been through. So the buildings are, um, over the years, have been added on, added on, added on. So there's a lot of doorways and things like that. And it is very helpful to see that blue light. And you kind of yeah. you stop and, and let the guy come through that's on the fork truck. And it, it's uh, it's been great for, for our facility. And it's in the front and the back. So um, pretty neat invention, whoever came up with that. Yeah, yeah well, uh, I stole it from you now, so. <laughs> well, good things like that. That's how they travel around. So it's, it's yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. No. And and uh, one other thing, you know, one of the things, you know, it used to be a convertible top was, you know, black or brown or beige or you know, occasionally white. But you guys have the technology now, and I think the first time I saw it was in the uh, Mini Cooper, where you guys had the uh, British Union Jack flag made into the roof of the car. You can you can do a lot with that technology now, right? 
Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. It's it's that's called jackered weaving, and we work very closely with our our mills to be able to produce things like that. And we can do. I think it's up to about three colors. And uh, that Union Jack is really neat. Um, I saw one actually just the other day uh, here in Massachusetts. So half of it was covered with snow, and I stopped to look at it in the, in the parking lot. And it's it's just such a great look. Um, I wish they put it on more cars, but um, it's very unique. We've done some different things like that. We've done. Uh, Corvette stripes um, that go across the the car go they start you know across the hood and then they go up and they go up over the roof and then across the back and things like that projects like that help us get better as a company. We just mm. did um, a big project for the Fiat 500 that had stripes going across the roof and it had a 500 logo in it and that's all that same jackered weaving and it's you know there's there's a lot of engineering behind that and it makes us improve as a plant because those stripes were very difficult to keep perfectly straight and when i when i say perfectly straight i mean within a few millimeters uh, because who wants a convertible top that's got a stripe on it that looks like a you know a, a, a bow tie right it's all curved right. so keeping that straight going through those the, those size of the machines that we have was extremely difficult and quite an engineering challenge but um our people worked on that a lot and to be quite frank it's made us a better company at the end of the day because what we learned from trying to keep that straight, now you know we're able to apply that to everything that we do. Um, but yeah, the technology and the weaving technology and the things we're able to do now with the tops is is uh, quite something. Back back in the day, you would have had to have that uh, printed, you know. Um, yep. And now we're weaving it right in, and it's actually part of the part of the fabric of the top. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing stuff. And um, you know, as you know, we see. You know, convertibles are still pretty popular, but uh, you know there there is you know you, you know we think of you as a convertible top manufacturer, but you also provide a lot of other materials within the car, like uh, you know the the seat covers or the or the door panels, and even uh, you know what I thought was a little bit fascinating. We were to, we when we were there, you guys had a bunch of uh, jeeps on display. And the removable hardtops, you guys actually even make the case that you store the hardtops in, or make the material for the case that you store the hardtops in. We do, yeah, and including the material that's the tire cover on the Wrangler is our, our material as well. So, yeah, we have quite a bit of content on the Jeep, and um, we have, um, you know, the plants probably split 50-50 between our mm -hmm. exterior products and our interior products. We do a lot of instrument panel material, door panel material, uh, seating, like you said, um, with some of our synthetic leathers, which is a fairly, I would say, probably our newest product, maybe um, seven to ten years old, something like that, that, that mm -hmm. product line. Um, and that's in a lot of the higher-end cars and, I would say, the higher-end models of some of the lower-end cars, if you will, right? So your top-of-the-line, yep. you know, Ford Focus kind of car is going to have uh, some of our synthetic leathers in it. So quite a, a vast array of, of products that we have that we can offer with the different machinery that we have available. And again, that goes back to our strong engineering and, uh, and R&D team being able to come up with these things and listen to what the customer wants and, and figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, speaking, speaking of that, there's, uh, you know, Ford has their Ford pickup truck, the King Ranch Edition pickup truck, which has this gorgeous leather interior. And uh, you guys make a matching luggage set to go with that, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, um, so yeah, we we have uh, a couple of different lines of luggage. We do luggage material for 
a company called John Hart and also a company called King Ranch. And um, if the listeners don't know who King Ranch is, you can Google them. They're very big uh, where they're, they're stationed, which is Texas. Um, but, you know, you don't have to look very far. I've seen a lot of King Ranch edition pickup trucks here, even in Massachusetts. Um, but the whole thing started down in Texas. But, yeah, they have a high-end uh, line of luggage, and it's got their specific logo on it, uh, which is actually um, a copy of, or not a copy, but a it's a little squiggly line that we call the, you know, in the plant we call it the King Ranch um, Snake, but it's actually a river. Um that runs through their property in Texas, and that's where they got the idea for the logo. And that logo, we have the ability with our tooling to uh, emboss that logo on the material that we make for their luggage. So if you ever see their luggage and it's got that logo, that's that's coming from our plant here in Massachusetts. It's pretty yeah. pretty neat stuff. Yeah, it it is pretty amazing. And just see, and going back, you know, kind of kind of finish up here. Just you know, going back to the idea that that um, you know, here's this here's this company that's been around for over a hundred years it's you know when you think about companies around the world and how you know other companies are you know moving offshore and closing closing plants and and you guys are you guys are a, a solid massachusetts company that's, that's been in massachusetts for a really really long time and and uh, very commendable and again the idea that you know your your company has you know, the, you 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 have basically you know bought houses and cars for for generations of people because uh, you take care of the employees in in your in your area. So you know. right, yeah, and, and um, yeah, it, one of the things that we are really doing to to push the um, American made and you know made Massachusetts theme and things like that, we have a Discover the Difference page on our webpage, and if you if you go on there, you can even you can Google Hearts Discover the Difference. Because you, you mentioned imported products and things like that, uh, so it's good kind of a good segue into this for me that we are you know we're constantly fighting imports like most industries are. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually bought tops that are made with imported material. We we buy them ourselves. We go online and we buy them ourselves, and we've tested them in our laboratory against our material. And if you go on that that page, hearts discover the difference. We have a couple of short videos on there. And the difference between our material that we're making here in Massachusetts and the material that's being made overseas that's that's a knockoff material of ours is absolutely night and day. You're talking about tops that aren't going to last more than a year or two, and they're coming in at, you know, a third to a quarter of the price of what, what people are selling our topping mm-hmm. material for. Um, so it's a difficult fight, but we're trying to educate people. You know, you get what you pay for, essentially. You know, if you want a top that's going to last 10 years, you want to make sure you get hearts material. So we always tell consumers that call us, make sure you ask specifically for hearts material because there's some imported material out there that just is not going to stand up, and it's not going to last more than a year or two. We have, you've, you've been through our laboratory. We have about 10 weatherometer machines, so we can tell it, over the course of a seven-day test what that top is going to look like after five or six years out in the Arizona sun. Uh, because of our machinery that we have and our testing equipment to mimic that that number of hours in the sun over a short period of time, and those are that we we did that testing side by side with our material, and those are the videos that are on our webpage. Unbelievable difference, night and day. Night yeah, and day. The, the the other thing you just reminded me about your, uh, 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 for want of a better word, I'll call it a forensic lab. You can when a top 
does fail, you guys can actually, you guys can like break it right down to, oh yeah, well this person put a, a greasy, uh, uh, filled with suntan lotion handprint, and then they tried to clean it off with, uh, with uh, alcohol, and uh, oh that didn't work, and then they tried to clean it off with something else, and you guys can actually really uh, almost to uh, uh, you know CSI level kind of thing, try to figure out why the top did what it did. Yeah, we have some very good, very smart people in our lab that uh, know more about chemicals than, than I'll ever know. Uh, you know, people with PhDs that are working in there on uh, lab equipment that I certainly don't understand. And, and yeah, it is kind of uh, CSI-ish, if, if you will. Yeah. Um, and we're running those kind of tests all the time on our material. And, and we do, you mentioned hand lotion, we do a lot of testing. If you open one of the cupboards in the lab, you'll find uh, bug spray, you'll find um, antibacterial hand soap and things like that. So those are some of the tests that we conduct on our material, not only our interior material, but our exterior material, material as well to make sure that uh, it's going to stand up. But people do some, people do some crazy things. Um, we had someone call that they were using. I, I, it was a product by a company that we definitely don't recommend cleaning a top with, let's put it that way. Mm. And uh, they told me they were using it, and they ended up with a bunch of holes in the topping material. And when we, when we dug into it and figured it out, there was uh, a chemical in that cleaning solution that actually eats rubber, which oh. is how we make our tops. So <laughs> it ate its way through the rubber, yeah. and when it rained, it rained inside the car. And, you know, like I had mentioned previously, rag top is what we recommend and that's all that we recommend for cleaning and protecting your tops because that's the stuff that we know works and so it does not damage your top. Don't clean your top with anything you wouldn't clean you with, right? Yeah, yeah well, even that sometimes can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, have a, I have a new product you're going to have to test. Uh, I got something in the mail the other day, and it's from a company called Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-E-R. And it's uh, com- they, they sell a variety of products, uh, shower gel, body lotion, and some other products. And it has a, and the scent is new car smell. <laughs> it's kind of so- funny because we're told all the time from uh, the OEMs that they don't want any, any uh smells coming off of the material so yeah. i've always said to people i said i that's that's half the fun of buying a brand new car yeah. is you get in and, and you get the new car smell yeah i mean it's it's well. so great that people will buy the air fresheners but uh, we have our customers our, our oem customers that are telling us we don't want your interior products to have any kind of scent or odor or anything whatsoever at all well. so i don't know what fun there is in that when you buy, you buy yeah. a new car and you get in well, and it doesn't well, have a nice clean new smell I guess if you can't afford the new car smell, you you can use the uh, the uh, new car smell body body uh, lotion or shower gel, and you can smell like a new car. I guess so, but I, I yeah. hope your girl likes new cars. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I I I have to admit when I when I opened the box and I saw the samples, I thought it was a little bit odd, but uh, yeah, it was one of those things. Hey, Phil, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us on the program and helping us. Uh, educate everybody a little bit about uh, convertible tops and hearts corporation and again if people want more information what's the hearts uh, web address so it's h-a-a-r-t-z dot com and if you want to go right to that discover the difference page just put that in right after and it'll it'll take you right there 
Phil, thanks again for taking your taking some time out of your Saturday. And uh, you know, this is you know, as we approach the holidays, I know Saturdays are busy, and I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, and uh, have a great rest of the weekend. And hopefully, it's, hopefully, out uh, a little bit west of me, it's a little bit drier. But I'm, pr- I'm guessing probably not. No, probably not. I'm out yeah. in the western part and central yeah. northern part, yeah. and it's uh, yeah. it's wet anyway, here. But Chris, we're losing yeah. the 27 inches of snow we got over Thanksgiving. So. Well, uh, De- uh, Dennis, my producer, hates snow almost more than anyone. And I, when you said 27 inches of snow, I'm pretty sure I heard him go, oh. Uh, it was, oh, <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Phil, thanks again. Take care. Thanks, John. I appreciate All it. Right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Merry yeah. Christmas. All right. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. Remember, if you are interested in tickets to the Boston Auto Show, you can email me at jpaul at aaanortheast.com. Or if you happen to be in the Randolph area, stop over to Auto Toys and we'll give you a pair of tickets to the Boston Auto Show. And that's coming up January 16th to the 20th. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. And uh, when we come back, maybe we can talk to Dave and find out what's new and hot here over in Auto Toys. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll be right back. But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I was taking a trip and welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM, or you might be listening on the podcast or streaming on WROLradio.com. You can always find past episodes on my podcast site, johnfpaul.podbean.com, or any of your popular podcast uh, listings. We're usually there in one form or another. Hmm? Oh, oh. He doesn't look happy today. Is he Okay. <laughs> happy Christmas. Happy <laughs> Christmas time. Is that what it is? All right. Hey, uh, we have Dave, the owner of Auto Toys, sitting right here with me. So uh, it's another year. We've been here for like 100 years in a row, it seems like. So. Uh, that's like 112. 112, yeah. And uh, let's do a little bit of history lesson. You've been here for how many years? Hmm, 23. Yep. And you've owned the place for how long? 16. Yep. And... Uh, You've seen, I'm sure you've seen everything from uh, the popularity of, I don't know, cassette players to whatever people have, whatever they're doing now. And you've been here for so long because you provide a good service and you provide a good product. Yeah, customers seem to come back because we treat them well. We do a good job. We know yep. what we're doing. We're professional in how we do it. And we, we care. We, we definitely take personal responsibility in what we do here. Yeah, and that's one of the things, I mean, you kind of you kind of look at, you know, some of the things that, that people do and how they do what they do. And, um, you know, I always I always talk to people who, you know, they sort of look at, uh, you know, maybe what's, I don't know, they see a Groupon. And, you know, I, I got a Groupon email the other day, and I want to say 90% of it was remote car starters. And they went from $99 to, you know, $800. And, you know, one of the things is, uh, you know, that $99 remote car starter, probably not that great, right? Well, it's usually a gimmick to get you in the door. It yep. doesn't include installation, doesn't include module, module programming, whether the car is a push to start, if it's a specialty car and requires extra parts. We try to be pretty straightforward. Yep. I mean, when you get in touch with us, we want to give you a price that's, you know, really what you're going to pay. Yep. 
and tell you why. Um, you know, people will shop for things and they'll say, oh, I can't spend, you know, $350 on that, but they'll spend 275 on something that's of lower quality and yeah. not realize that it's, they're not spending that, you know, 275 they're spending $75 more right. to get something that's actually good yeah. or it's well, installed professionally. Or I've been known to buy the cheap thing and then throw it away and buy the better <laughs> thing later myself. So, you know, it does sometimes sort of happen that way. Um, you know, and, and installation's a key to it. You guys you guys aren't hacking into wiring harnesses. You, in, in a lot of cases, you're actually going directly to fuses or, or um, using harnesses that add a little extra expense, but add a you know, more or less permanent installation, right? Yeah, and almost everything we do... We try never to sever a factory wire. There's yeah. impedance changes and things like that, that that the computers can pick up on. So you yep. really want to avoid that when, yeah. when all possible. Yeah, yeah, it it is. And even you know, even some things. I, I saw your sign out front about LED headlight conversions, and you know, even those you have to be careful with. You 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 put I don't know LED backup lights in, and all of a sudden now you get a, a warning message on your dash that it thinks there's a light out or there's a problem, and you have to use a good product. Yep, and you have to know how to get around, you know, warning lights that will keep things working properly, but allow the customer to get the upgraded, you know, right. technology whenever possible. Yeah. And we, because we do so many cars, we tend to have an idea of what's going to work and what's not yeah. for you. And you know, over over your shoulder, I'm reading the thing about the uh, uh, Magnuson Moss Act, and uh, I learned about that one of the first times I was here because you you hear the the stories about the the dealer who says, oh, you can't put in the, the aftermarket remote starter because it's going to void the warranty. Or the, or back then it was probably alarm systems. You can't put in the aftermarket alarm because it's going to void the warranty. Total nonsense. Total nonsense, yeah, to the point where when Honda tried to pull that on a customer, they got in big trouble and they passed a federal law about yep. it. So yep. um, I basically tell customers now to call the manufacturer, yep. and that seems to be the simplest thing because the manufacturer will tell you that it absolutely will not void the warranty. The dealers try to pull a fast one, and then they try to have you have their guy do the yep. install and say it will keep it, and they're using people like us. Or I was going to say, a lot of times their guy's you, right? That's very, very true. <laughs> That's the funniest part. And so they just take an up charge, yep. and then if you ever have any issues or questions, when you go to them, they're just going to send you back to yep. us or someone like us anyway. Yep. Well, I heard one of your customers come in this morning. They were getting a remote... I hope they're not listening. I'm spoiling a Christmas present, but they they were getting a remote starter. Their wife, I guess, worked in a hospital, and the one they were looking for had like a thousand foot range. And he's like, he's like, uh, you know, will this work while she's in the hospital? And you said, maybe, but you had a better suggestion for not a lot more money, right? Yeah, we've been doing a lot more two-way systems now, or what they call responder systems. So not only does the signal get sent to the car, but the car will respond back and let you know on the remote that the car is running or locked um, up to a half a mile, a mile. We even have smartphone-capable units that will work with unlimited range. So if you're coming in on the train station, three or four train stations prior to your stop, or you're in a hospital and you park two miles down the street off-site, it will work regardless. Yeah, I mean, and... I don't know, the last month and a half or so, I've driven probably three or four cars with factory remote car starts. And only one actually had communication that let me know whether it it had a little uh, LED on the key fob that flashed green if it actually successfully started the car. The problem is it only worked about 30 feet away. <laughs> so, so as nice as it was that that kind of 
sounded like a good idea. In fact, I was driving a uh, the new 2020 Cadillac XT6 uh, crossover, and it had remote start, and it was great. And it actually had a halfway decent range, but you never actually knew if the car started. So if you were in a restaurant or something, and you went, uh, well, I think I'm going to warm the car up before I go out, and you hit the button, and it's like, I don't know if it's running. Yeah, you don't know if you park too far away, yeah. you cross your yeah. fingers, come yeah. out, and maybe to a cold car. Yeah, so have, having that, and speaking of which, the the factory remote starts, you guys look at those and go, we can do better, right? Yeah, most of the time, 90% of the time, we're going to have better range, longer run times, be able to start the car multiple times if it's very, very cold out, or if it's had a huge snowstorm yep. or something. Factories only let one run cycle go by. Um, so... I've had a lot of customers come in, even with factory remote starts, and have us put in our remote start yep. on top of that. So, Well, uh, Paul Sullivan, who comes on after me, said a long time ago, remote car start, way cheaper than a garage. <laughs> Substantially. <laughs> yeah, so you get a car that is uh, warming up in cold weather, cooling off in hot weather, and uh, can be more comfortable. Can you add modules to do things like turn on seat heaters and things like that? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. just depends. Yeah. It's a car-to-car -car type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you you are an auto stereo store, and people still upgrade speakers and head units and other things these days, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Apple CarPlay, huge, huge seller. We do a lot of upgrades for radios for that. We do nice speaker upgrades to give you clarity, more yep. volume, add bass, you know, give you more bass in the yep. car just to give you. People are in their cars a lot of times more often than they are in their house as far as their free time if they're in traffic or yep. something like that. It's Want to have something that sounds and good. Apple CarPlay to upgrade to Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Do you have to change the whole radio, or is there a module that can be plugged in? That radio has to change. Has to change. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, for people who don't know about that, it basically just takes your mobile phone, takes your iPhone, and turns it into, or kind of mimics your car, mimics your phone afterwards. So if you want to use navigation that way, or you want to use, you know, you want to download a podcast or you like listening to a radio station in Arizona uh, you can you can do all that with uh, with that capability now and with the whole uh, you know text security thing where you're not supposed to be having your phone in your hand yeah. and all that this uses Siri to do text commands it'll read your text to you it'll yeah. allow you to read it on the screen it will read it to you and then you can also verbally respond back with Siri without ever yeah. anything going bad or wrong or illegal. Well, and that, that's a good point. In the next three months, we're, we're going to have a handheld phone ban. So people are going to have to figure out something to do with their phones. And whether it's hook it up or, you know, I looked over there and you have the WeatherTech cup, phone cup thing. Yeah, so. They're out of stock. <laughs> yeah, okay, never mind. Sold them out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, just the idea that you have these you have these options and things that people can do. You know, people are keeping cars longer than they ever have. I think I heard the other day it's like 11 years and 8 months or something, and people are keeping their cars now. And to be able to stay current with your car and have some of the latest features in it when your car is in good mechanical shape and you want to, hey, I want to get, you know, I'm getting older, I want better headlights. I'm getting older, I want, you know, some of the features that uh, are in some of the newer cars. Um, you guys can kind of bring them up to uh, current times. That is correct. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, and one of my favorite things here, you have the pre-wrapped uh, uh, remote car starters. So you have kind of a dummy remote car starter in a box that you can come in and buy what you want. You have a, you have a gift that's all wrapped. Who, who wraps those boxes? Uh, Jason, Jason definitely does, yeah. does yeah. that work. <laughs> he does a nice job. Can you come to my house? <laughs> 
He does a great job. Yeah, cost me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, customers, uh, you know, they call for a gift certificate, and then we mention that we do a little extra work for them. We put some fakey remotes inside the box yeah. with a congratulations yeah. sheet, tells you how to make the appointment, and it's just a lot more personable than just yeah. a card or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it's it's a really great it's a really great idea, uh, you know. And this and this again, you guys have been here for a long time. You you provide a good you know, obviously a good product and a good installation, or else you wouldn't be here. Do you still do people still come in and do crazy stereos? You know, five thousand watt stereos. It's few and far between, still, but yeah. there are yeah. those out yeah. there that still do it. Still do it, and we have the capability. So, yeah, and uh, I guess there's some satisfaction to turning something way up and watching the rear window shatter, right? Yeah, and yeah. if we do it correctly, it actually sounds very, very good. <laughs> it sounds good. Just, yeah. It's really loud. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, uh, it, it, I, every once in a while I hear a neighborhood kid go by, and it's just. A bunch of noise you know it's just not it's it's you know when they turn it down it's like music but when it's turned up that loud it's just noise so yeah we try to help educate you know the customer yeah. comes in it's not just trying to sell them something it's yeah. finding out what they need and maybe giving them some expertise yeah. from all the years yeah. experience that we have you fix problems too that weren't yours to start off with if somebody comes in with a stereo system and it sounds lousy and you know say okay this is what we can do to try to fix it or somebody else comes in with the I guess with the remote start, sometimes the easiest part might be just taking out and putting a new one in rather than have to deal with someone else's issues. Yeah, we fix quite a few. Surprisingly, people yep. are you know smiling and they're just like amazed that they were willing to pay for a new one, but we'll yep. fix what they have yep. in there if it's possible. Yep. You know, whether it's a stereo or a car starter or whatever, we, we do our best to be honest and see what we can do for them and go from there. How about with the new computerized keys where the keys are sort of the whole work of the vehicle? Um, can you help people with, you know, duplicate keys and things like that? Or is that something you just send them to the dealer with? So? Yeah, we send them to a local place. Yep. Um, if they contact us, we'll let them know the information yep. about that. But we do not yep. do keys or okay. uh, anything All like right. that. Because I, I, I think it was somebody else who came in this morning that, that said, I got a duplicate key. And you said, spending the money on a duplicate key is not a waste of money. And, <laughs> you know, as somebody who works for AAA, you know, 50 hours a week, yep. the amount of people that lose their keys and lock their keys in their car still today, having an extra set of keys can be a, a big saving. So. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for uh, taking a little time out of your morning, and we'll let Jason go back to work, and you can go back to work, and uh, maybe we'll catch up with you just before the end of the show. Okay, appreciate right. it. Thanks, Dave. 617-770-3030 is our number. 617-770-3030 is our number. How you get through and talk to us about your car and your car problems. We have open lines right now if you would like to join us. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is our number. And uh, you can, and again, if you're in the Randolph area for some reason, pop on over to Auto Toys. We're, we're right on the corner of uh, Liberty Street. And uh, you can st you can stop in and, and say hello and check out. It's a great little shop they have here, and uh, you know it's it's interesting that you know I've been here for a whole bunch of years, and seeing the same people here for year after year is also a good sign as well. So you know a lot of a lot of good stuff is happening here. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, car that got me around, and again our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030. The lines are open if you would like to join us. Uh, the Cadillac XT6. It's a three-row luxury crossover powered by a 310 horsepower V6 engine. The XT6 is smaller than the Escalade, larger than the XT5, so sort of slots in between. And it is a
car that is similar, I guess, to the Chevy Traverse or the GMC Arcadia. Cadillac uses the same engine in both the XT6 and the smaller XT5. Choosing which model of XT6 is relatively easy since there are only two trim levels. The Sport and the Premium Luxury level, our road test was in the XT6 Premium Luxury with optional all-wheel drive. Sport trim only comes in all-wheel drive, has quicker steering, a dual-clutch transmission for a sportier feel. Our road test, again, was in the premium luxury version of the XC6. Performance from the 310-horsepower V6 engine is quite good. When cruising, it'll switch to V4 mode to save fuel and use a little less power, I suppose. Acceleration from uh, both a stop and during mid-range passing, was, such as merging on the highway, was good. The V6 engine is more than up to the task to do the job. The nine-speed transmission shifts smoothly, smoothly with a nice crispness. The ride is... Uh, uh, quite smooth and well-behaved, soaking up all but the worst of uh, potholes and breaks in the pavement. Handling is also quite good, especially for an SUV. Body roll is controlled, and even when driving aggressively, there's no surprises. The steering is sports car firm, out on the open road with precise on-center feel, and light and easy when parking. Fuel economy is quite good for a luxury SUV, about 22.5 miles per gallon, according to the onboard computer. XT6 has seating for six or seven, depending on the middle row configuration. The front seats are comfortable and supportive. The second row captain shares are also comfortable. The third row is typical of vehicles this side, better suited to kids. Drivers of just about any size will find a comfortable combination with the tilt and telescoping steering wheel, multi-adjustable seating. Technology was well represented on model with just about every feature. There's advanced cruise control, forward collision warning, lane departure warning, even an optional night vision system, which I kind of like. It actually, it's, it actually uses light enhancement, but it picks up pedestrians walking by the side of the road and alerts you either in the heads-up display or uh, on the night vision display. It does pretty well, and yesterday on the way home, in two different cases, pedestrians just walked off the sidewalk, all wearing dark colors. Didn't they learn in school you're supposed to wear light colors at night? And... Uh, and just a dangerous situation. The other thing last night on the way home, three different people went through stop signs. Uh, but nice storage inside. The Cadillac is comfortable, certainly competent. Uh, but this is a very competitive segment of the market. And being just good may not be good enough. This may be one of the best Cadillac SUVs on the market. It just might not be the best luxury SUV on the market. Base price about $55,000. Fuel economy EPA 17 city, 24 highway. And it has not been crash tested yet. Well... I think our phones have a couple calls on them. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is our number. And I think we have, first up, Peter on the phone. Peter, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? I am doing well. How's how's Edseling going? Good, good. Edseling is now in Somerville, but uh, from all indications, they're getting a lot of press, a lot of TV out of it. So Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's all working for them, so that, that's that, good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Get the history out there and the word, you know. Yeah. Well, you can't you can't do it all yourself, Peter. You know. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was uh, reading the Consumer Report, and I was uh, amazed to see Honda at number twelve in the uh, Consumer Report ratings, right below Mini. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I. uh, how the mighty have fallen. They were always on the top three. Now I guess it's Lexus, Toyota, and Mazda. So Yeah, and that you know, it's that that's sort of I was a little bit amazed at that too. And I'm not sure, you know, sometimes I wonder whether it's not 
a quality issue, but a perception of quality. Uh, you know, yeah. you buy a you buy a Mini Cooper, and you sort of expect it maybe not to be the best car in the world, even though it's made by BMW and people expect BMWs to be the best car in the world. But sometimes you wonder whether it's one of those things that you buy a Honda and you expect nothing ever is going to go wrong with it, and some things happen, or it just isn't what you expected it to be. And then, you know, next thing you know, well, you know, it's it's not as good a car. Uh, I, I don't know that I would consider them you know, 12th in the lineup, and or whether I would consider them, you know, kind of under mini. Um, right. I have seen, yeah, I have, I have seen, I have seen a lot of minis. But on the other hand, I know, for instance, um, some of the late model Honda CRVs, which are great vehicles, um, the batteries were only lasting about two years. Uh, same, and, same in my Accord. Uh, yeah, two years, <clears throat> and the starter went out. And thirty-seven thousand miles, which yep. blew my mind. I mean, yep. you know, no, and the same, the same, <clears throat> the same thing with the uh, the CRV. They also had starter problems, and it was a weirdly intermittent starter problem where uh, the uh, when the starter was uh, when the starter was cold, it would have some it would have some problems, and then, uh, or I guess no, when it was cold, it started up just fine. When it got hot, it wouldn't always start. And it was one of those kind of weird things. And, it was, you know, they bring it into the dealer and, uh, you know, they, they'd, they'd get to it, you know, three or four hours later. They'd turn the key and they'd say, oh, it starts up just fine. Finally, they, they saw the patent starting to develop and they said, oh, you know, there's starters that are bad. So um, the one weakness that Honda has had over the years is, you know, they, had, they have great engines and they have good electronics. Uh, they didn't have such great transmissions. And they had some transmission no. problems, so that yeah. has been something that actually caused a little bit of problems. But it, yeah, it was I was sort of interested when I saw that too, and I'd really like to see you know what the real problems are. It's kind of funny if you look way back in um, in you know when cars actually had problems, and you'd say you know you know oh this is a squeak versus like the door fell off. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 But you know the competition is so severe, so severe today. Want to go to the auto show? <clears throat> Me, sure. No, well, no. you too. But yeah, yeah. No, we have we have a we have a customer here, so I just oh. thought I'd say hello. Say hello. Yeah. Good. How are you? Say say hello right in here. Can I? Yeah, sure. Why not? Merry Christmas. Yeah, there you go. There, there we go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I'm in here for today to uh, just uh, just do reevaluate some electronic work oh, right. in my vehicle. I deliver things so. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna take a look at it for you. They got a good, some good options for me, and uh, come on down. There you go. Buy something. Okay, good job. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Peter, we'll take care of you too. Just send me an email and remind me of your address. So. Okay, John. All right. All right. I, I I'm glad you share some of that same interest because uh, the '94 Honda that I had and the 2013 are two different planets, and uh, yep. the '94 was bombproof, and this thing. Took me three years to stabilize. It. Just, well, you know, once you, you once know. you get it figured out, once you get it figured out, you were good to go. So, you know, it's right. kind of, it's kind of funny. I remember, uh, you know, Tasca Ford is legendary in 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 New England, and Bob Tasca Senior, the the kind of grandfather of uh, most of the Tascas now. You know, he passed away years ago, but I I sat down <clears> and talked <throat> to him one time, and we were talking about uh, quality versus perception of quality. And at the time, and I don't remember when it was. It was probably in the late 90s maybe 
and or early 2000s, and we were talking about the perception of quality versus the Toyota Camry in the Ford Taurus. And he said right. the reality is the Taurus of the time, and this was when uh, Toyota was making some changes. They weren't doing as well. They lightened up a lot of things. They put wiring harness in where the wires were a lot thinner. They were more likely to break. But the perception of quality with the uh, Camry was, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, it was a, it was a nine. And the perception of quality of the Taurus was a six. But in reality, they were the other way around. The Taurus was actually a much more dependable car than the Camry was. But everybody just expected the Camry to be absolutely bulletproof and a perfect car. Yes, yes. You, yeah. you know the story about Tasca, <clears throat> John. Ernest Breach, um, mm-hmm. head of Ford, um, was driving through. Uh, Rhode Island with a 58 Etzel Citation, and it over, you know, they stuffed that big 430 cubic inch engine in that thing, no, no air, mm. and it overheated, and um, that's, and he ended up at Tasca, and that started his relationship with Ford. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, um, and and uh, he got the Etzel to, you know, it had three thermostats in it, and they failed in line. So he, he I don't know what he did to troubleshoot the Etzel, but he did get it to uh, to run right, and uh, Breach yeah. was able to go to his summer home. So, there you uh, go. And that's, so good, uh, good and for him. he was impressed <laughs> with a, a master mechanic like Tasca, you know, so. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it, you know uh, the the old man Bob Tasker was a was a pretty interesting character, and he actually had a direct line right to the Ford family, and and yeah, the, and, yeah, and yeah. they and they still to some extent do today. So a pretty interesting family still. Hey yeah, Peter, absolutely. always good, always good. Send me an email, remind me of my, your address, and I'll uh, we'll get you out some tickets to the auto show coming up in January. All right, and Merry Christmas to you and your Merry well. Christmas Thank to you, you, for you as well, you Peter. Uh, all okay, right, take bye-bye. care. Bye bye. You too. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I think we have Tom coming up next. Tom, good morning. Yes, good morning, John. Uh, I, sorry, I have the same car as Peter, exactly the same car as him, and I've had none of those kind of problems, starters, this or that, so, you know, it's, it's, you never know, I guess, right? <laughs> you never know. Um, and uh, on that, on that, how do they get that information? Is that people complaining on yeah. cars? How do they yeah. tabulate yeah. that? They, they, actually so. send, they, they actually send surveys out and say, what kind of car do you own? And, I, and I'm sure they buy you know, le- you know, lists from people. And they say, what kind of car do you own? And when they do that, they, they look at it and they go, uh, okay, tell us about it. How do you rate it with electrical? How do you rate it with body? How do you rate it with performance how do you rate it with this what kind of problems have you had and it's all oh. a series of checkoff boxes and uh and, right. and and they and they get they do actually get you know thousands and thousands and thousands of responses but again i i somewhat always couch it a little bit by saying that you know mm. whether it's a whether it's a mini cooper or a subaru people who buy subarus love subarus and even when they break they still love them, you know. They you right. talk to people. You talk to people. Like, well, I did have to put head gaskets on it at seventy thousand miles. Well, yeah, you shouldn't that's, have to put head gas. You, you know, head gaskets on at seventy thousand. But they're like, oh, I love the car. And, well, that's uh, what I was going to say. Is it yeah. really in like the the eye of the beholder? The person who loves the car doesn't really complain as much or whatever. It's like today. Today's a beautiful day out there to me. 
only because it's it's not freezing, it's not snowing, right? That would mm-hmm. make it <laughs> a lot worse. It's it's yeah. how you compare that you compare things. So I just yeah, wonder. That's, you know. my, that's what my wife says about me. <laughs> yeah, right. But Comparative, uh, comparatively it. speaking, you know, it's exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. So it's everything's in the head of the holder. What, right. what I called you about is I was doing a tune up on my uh, my seventy four Jeep and I put the points in and a long time since I've I've done that and I noticed there's a do I lube that the cam because on these set of points is a little pad. Yep. And I remember back in the day, but do you use oil or do I use no? Uh, no, there's actually there's actually a special there's actually a special cam lube. It looks like a it looks like a, a, a kind of a I want to call it a clear grease, but it's designed to deal with a certain temperature. And that little pad is actually a wiper that keeps. If you put too much grease on the on the cam for the distributor, that little wiper actually collects the grease, so it doesn't end up in between the points. Yeah. Okay. Cause, That's yeah, what I. Yeah. Because yeah, because if you if too much grease get if too much grease gets on the uh, uh, on the point surface, then all of a sudden it'll start to burn, and you won't get a good fire when the points open. Right, that's why I was kind of leery to put yep. anything. I remember yep. it was something, but I just remember yep. to the exact. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It used to be that you know, way back, way back when, um, a lot of times the points would actually come with. It looked like a, it looked almost like a little capsule, like a little, uh, you know, little like it had mm. medicine in it. But it was actually just a just a oh yeah drop drop or two of grease, and you would dab that on dab that on the the. Uh, the cam, and if you didn't, over time, what happens is the cam wears that little hard plastic thing that makes the points right. close, and then all of a sudden the points start to close, and then one day you go to start you go to start up the car, and it, and it cranks and cranks and cranks and doesn't start because the points aren't ever really opening; they're they're still staying closed all the way. So, yeah, a little a little dab of if you have some dielectric gel like the stuff you put on uh, yes. spark plug boots, something something like yeah. that. That's a little bit greasy, but there's actually a special cam yes. cam grease that will uh, that that you you want to try looking for um you know it's funny i was going through my my toolbox i don't know, last year somewhere trying to make room for things that i thought i'd use and stuff i'd never use and i found this little um little three quarter used up tube of eklund uh uh cam grease mm. j- just for that purpose and uh-huh. I, i'm like well i'm never going to use this again you know, because yeah, what am I ever going to do? Yeah, I said but, that too, and I'm putting a set of points in, so you really never know. Yeah, uh, on that, and you're right. Yeah. So it, we're kind of it, we save everything. And chances are, you know, the amount you drive your Jeep, you know, even yeah. if you didn't, it probably isn't going to be the most. Yeah, no, I got that, but I was just curious, trying to yeah. go back. I remember, like you said, those little capsules, and I, was, I just couldn't yeah. remember, was it an oil, or was it a grease? Oil didn't make no, sense it, to me, or whatever. No, it, it was actually a grease, it was actually grease, and, it, and yeah. just enough to keep the keep the uh, um, the, the, the part of the point. I know what you mean, the friction down off yeah. of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. exactly, yeah. So when's Dennis going to stop playing Christmas music, John? Uh, you know that's a good question. That's a good question. So now, it, it might it, it might be year. next might be next week. So you never know. Right. I called last yeah. year to request that song by that, that Swedish guy with the car falling apart. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, honestly, uh, it, it the seems rusty, like it the rusty Chevrolet song. Yeah, and you knew yeah. the one, and you did. Yeah. You have to play it today next week. But it's amazing that a year is gone. It seems uh, like 
Really, just a couple of months ago, I, I requested that. It's getting scary. <laughs> it, 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 you're, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. It's it's um, it's it's a longer it, it's a year's gone by really quick. But you know, mm. as you know, as I you know, one of these days, I, I guess I need to think about retiring from somewhere or another. And it seems like that right. is going to take forever, though. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, it's a good thing. You're healthy. Yeah, so so far so good. So knock on my plastic table here. So so far so good. Yeah. Hey, good hey, Tom. Always always good yeah. talking to you. Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Why don't we go talk to John? John, good morning. John. Hello, John. Yeah, John. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Um. I've spoken to you before about various problems with my 99 Maxima. Um, now when I go into gear, it's a, it's a manual transmission. I'm getting kind of a hum or a groan kind of a sound. Does that mean the clutch is starting to go? Describe it a little bit more. When you, well, uh, let's, let's try to work through this. So you start up the car, you put it in neutral, you take your foot off the clutch, and it's the shifters in neutral, and the clutch is all the way out. Any noise? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I usually don't right. put it in. I mean, yep. started okay. I yep. press the clutch, put it in neutral, um, start it up, yep. and but I don't usually okay. release the clutch. All right. Okay. Or putting it into reverse or first. Yep. Okay. Second thing. But, um, yeah. When you so, put your foot, what would on I be looking? That that would tell me because when it's in when it's in neutral like that and the clutch is all the way out, the only thing yeah. really spinning is the the clutch disc is fully engaged because your foot's off the clutch. The clutch is connected to the input shaft of the transmission. So if you were hearing a whirring sound, that would tell me that chances are the front bearing of the transmission is starting to wear out. So it's starting to get yeah. noisy. So that would right. that would tell me a little bit that. about that. Yeah. So now <coughs> with your foot on the with your foot on the clutch pedal and the clutch all the way down to the floor and as you're putting it in gear, if you're starting to get some noise then, that's gonna tell me that the throw up errands may be starting to get noisy. No, I don't think I hear anything then. It's more just when I Put it into first the reverse, and then I start to let the clutch out. It's kind okay. of a hum or a groan, yep. kind of. A yep. Hum, yep. You know. yep. Yeah. If you're if you're taking if you're getting the clutch out, and uh, you're letting the clutch out, and you're starting to you're starting to get some uh, you're starting to get some noise. Merry Christmas. Uh, you're starting to get some noise. Um, then it could be. Then it could be that the uh, the clutch uh, that you're you may be seeing a little bit of the clutch disc. Uh, you, you have to if you if you ever looked at a clutch disc, the actual friction part. It's a uh, plate with a uh, sort of pads around the outside of it and a bunch of springs in the middle of it. And when you take your foot off the clutch, the springs are there to um, absorb any shock when the 
two pieces actually start to engage together. And it could be that those springs are actually starting to wear out. So that's why you're getting a kind of a groan when that happens. The other thing is it could it could just be the linkage that goes from your the clutch pedal up to the clutch master cylinder. And maybe there's something dry in there that's starting to creak and groan a little bit. So, okay. I, so I guess what I, I guess what I would want to do at this point is, you know, kind of see if you can, you know, maybe even get your head under the dash and push down on the clutch pedal with your with your hand with the engine off and see if there's any creaking or groaning that you can kind of identify sound-wise or put your hand on something and say, oh, it sounds like it's coming right from where this push rod goes into the through the firewall into the master cylinder, and then you can say, well, there's the problem. Or, you know, that isn't it. And then you need to, you know, get it up on a lift somewhere where somebody can run it and have somebody sit in the car and, you know, put the clutch in and out of gear and see where it sounds like the noise is coming from. But the first thing I would do, though, is um, back to the first step. Start it up, put it in neutral, take your foot off the clutch, and see if you get any noise, you know, kind of whirring, grinding, any weird sounds. See if there's any noise there, and if you get any noise, uh, then you know, yeah, it might not be a clutch problem; it might be a transmission problem. Um, what would be a likely transmission problem? Well, again, it could, it could, it, it could be, it could be a, um, it, it, it could be one of the, it could be one of the bearings that supports the main shaft in the transmission. It could be the front bearing on the transmission. It could be. Could be could be any number of things, and if that's the case, that might be one of those things that at twenty years old or however old this is, like ninety nine, yeah, twenty years old. If the transmission is noisy, I would probably just drive it till it gets so noisy you ignore it, because it's <laughs> not going to. Well, it's not going to. The the cost to repair it when it fully breaks versus repairing it. Pulling the transmission out, disassembling it, finding out what's wrong, putting it all back together. Um, you know, used transmission would be the cheapest way to go. And I'd just wait until it's like, geez, I can't stand this anymore. And then, then, then you know, you, you might you might hit the lottery by then and you say, I'm going to go buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far, I, I think I like your spring idea because yep. I really don't think I hear anything when I put the clutch yep. in and out, yep. starting or running. It yep. once gear and you engage then yep. you just get this yep. and really i think it only happens maybe when the car is is cold yeah well like the I other po- that... the other possibility is that you have a motor mount that's bad or a transmission mount that's bad and when you're letting your foot off the clutch and going to take off you're actually hearing the engine shift and creak and groan a little bit while the engine's sort of centering itself in place again so that would be easy enough to kind of easy enough to check you you open up the hood and you uh you have somebody inside the car and you don't stand right in front of it and you put the you put the parking brake on and you um let your foot off the clutch uh while it's in gear kind of sharply not enough to take off but just enough like let it off and you look at the engine the engine shouldn't be jumping out of the engine cradle it should be holding nice and still and if the engine's rocking back and forth when you either shift it into first or reverse you got a bad motor mount or transmission mount so that would be one more thing to look at okay okay appreciate the idea all right all right good luck with it merry christmas all right merry christmas we need to take another break. Our phone lines are open again. If you would like to join us at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We will be right back. 
to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. I don't know, Dennis. No rusty Chevrolet. What, next week? Yes, closer, yeah, okay. closer. Uh, closer to Christmas? Okay, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's take some calls. Let's talk to our buddy Rick. Rick, good morning. Rick? Yep. There you are. Yep, and there I am. Yeah, here I am, and that. Uh, yeah, there you are. You just forgot where you were. <laughs> no, uh, I was just just finishing up a little project in my basement and that. But um, here's a here's a suggestion, Neil, because today's a rainy day. Um, I don't know about uh, everybody that listens to the show. Probably not, but uh, I'm sure a lot of guys are like me that carry a tool bag in the trunk of their car or in their back end of whatever. Yep. And today might be a good day just to go out and grab it and check it over and make sure it's not getting rusty, anything needs oiled or whatever. That's It sounds like everything I own is getting rusty, you know? But but you're right. I have in, in both of our cars, and I don't carry a lot of tools in my car anymore, uh, but there is, there is a few, but I also carry um, one of those portable jump packs, and this would be a good excuse to go get it, bring it in the house and charge it up to make sure if I ever do need it, it's charged up and ready to yeah. go i carry yeah. a little air i carry a little air compressor and i also carry a um um you know i i think both of the cars have some sort of little flashlight in them chances are the batteries are dead by now but you're right it's it it's as good a day as any on a rainy day like this to do a little bit of um do a little bit of stuff like that and i know um yeah a little bit of a little bit of cleaning up and a a, a quick wipe with a with a little WD-40 on a rag can do a lot to prevent future rust from happening. Yep. Yep. No, good suggestion. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Have a good one. All Bye. right. All right. You too. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Derek. Derek, good morning. Good morning. I have an, uh, a 2011 Kia Soul. And uh, it just happened about a week ago. I went through some bumps on the road, but I noticed now when I turn to the left or the right at the uh, and I accelerate, I get a clunking noise in the front end. But if I don't accelerate, I don't hear the noise. Hmm. If you um, if you turn the wheel all the way to one side or the other, is it is it fairly steady or is it? Or is it just you turn the wheel like you're going around a corner, you step on the gas and and drive away? Well, if I, as I drive and I turn the wheel and I accelerate, it's clunk, 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 like metal okay. to metal clunk. Okay. It sounds like you have a bad axle. Sounds like now you have it's, a bad front axle. I was thinking that because I went through some potholes or something prior to that. Yeah. That's all I can associate it to. Now, is, does that mean then that 
um, driving it is very dangerous if I stay going straight, or should I take it immediately to a shop? Well, I don't know about immediately, but you you need to you need to take it somewhere because eventually what is going to happen is the uh, if it is a bad CV joint the the uh, the um, axle shaft is is actually going to it's actually going to break and when it uh-huh. uh, when when it breaks you're going to be stuck somewhere so um, you know based. Based on that, I would probably just bring it someplace, and and they may see that they look at it and they go, uh, they'll look at it and go, well, it's not, it's you know, we see a torn boot or we something else. And now what's happened over the years? It used to be axle shafts were really really expensive. Now what now what happens is it's more of a um, there's so much on the aftermarket. So it used to be that well, okay, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to um, spend a lot of money now it's not now it's not that much uh, labor to do that's not not really too too bad it's a pretty straightforward labor procedure maybe you know maybe a couple hours at i wouldn't even think a couple hours maybe an hour or so for the for that and then uh and then the part and i would definitely go with a um i would definitely go with a aftermarket axle shaft because you're going to find you're going to save yourself a lot of money the factory axle shaft is probably seven or eight hundred dollars the aftermarket axle shaft is probably a hundred and fifty dollars but first off but first off have somebody look at it though and see you know get it up on a lift and you might even if you if you feel a little ambitious um crawl under the car a little bit and look up at the rubber boots that go to the go from left to right on both sides and look at the rubber boots and see whether they're torn or there's grease leaking out of them. Usually, it's odd well, that this happened. It's this happened right after, right after you went over the bump. That's the one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit. That maybe you did some other damage, but um, but the the noise you describe is characteristic of a bad axle axle shaft, bad CV joint in an axle shaft. Yeah, yeah, that, and we looked under the uh, we looked under it and didn't couldn't visibly see anything that was yep. that was wrong, right? Um, and that's why I'm concerned that if I drive straight, everything seems fine. If I go around the corner and don't accelerate, it's okay. It's only yep. when I go around yep. the corner and and accelerate, then it's boom, yep. boom, boom. Yeah, when you load it up, when you load up the uh, and you got to remember the axle, the CV joint is a is designed to turn and still apply power to the wheels. So it's basically a cup with um, sort of a, a a ball inside of it with a bunch of with a bunch of um, ball bearings inside of that. So almost think of it as a, a you know your your shoulder joint or something. And so it's yeah. designed to move back and forth and up and down. And when one of those balls wears out or something breaks inside of it that's why it's making all the clunking noise and when you're going straight or you're not putting any pressure on it it's not going to make any noise because you're not you're not forcing it to do something that the parts worn out for so have somebody take a look at it take it for a road test they'll be able to figure it out and like i said i would uh, uh this is one of those cases i i like sometimes a lot of original equipment parts the aftermarket axle joints are so cheap um, axle shafts are so cheap; it isn't even worth trying to rebuild it. You just get another axle, get another axle, put it in, you're good to go. And uh, in terms of driving, driving it straight and not accelerating around the corner, no banging. So, but eventually, I mean, I know I got to get it done. But uh, uh, I mean, uh, I don't. Have, I don't it, it, it's not like I have to drive to, immediately to a garage. I mean, I can still. Oh. 
maybe move around a little bit? No, you can. I mean, you can you can drive it for a little bit. But what's gonna one of these days? What's gonna happen if you ignore it, ignore it, ignore it? You're gonna go to start it up one day. You're gonna take off, and you're gonna hear a loud bang, and the yeah. car's not gonna move. And the but the speedometer's gonna move, and you're gonna go. What's going on? It says I'm going 30 miles an hour, but I'm not moving. That's because the axle's spinning, but it's not turning the wheel. So do it before right. that happens. Right. Got it. Okay. Thank you very All right. much. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our number. We have, I think, just enough time to talk to Jim. Jim, good morning. Hello. Hello. So I got one quick question about tires. Okay. I uh, I bought a Ford Edge two thousand eighteen. Yeah. From uh, a the next rental. Okay. So I, um, had had to change out a tire on it, and I went to uh, all the local Sullivan Tire and all the usual yep. stuff, NTB, yep. and none of them would put a tire on for me because the tires are on it. They're uh, the only place you can find them is Southern California. Ah. Oh. So my question, my question is because it's always dry, that's what they maintain. You have to keep the exact same tire. That and is that that, that is true. That is true because if you put an odd tire on there, um, what's going to happen is it's going to put stress on the transfer case of the of the transmission. It's the it's going to the right. all-wheel drive. It's going to it's going to put stress on that and it's going to cause wear and tear over time. So now you have you have my my other concern is if those tires are only available in Southern California, they're real summer tires, not really all-weather tires. So. Even okay. though that's all-wheel drive, it's gonna it's gonna be lousy in the winter time. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so you uh, might you might I'm you on, might be better I'm off buying four tires, four good all-season tires, even though it's brand new, and selling the old ones on you know eBay or yeah. Craigslist or something. Yeah. Oh, I get. You. Yeah. 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 So I'm on the donut, and and I don't know how long. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. It's skips me at the moment, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The I only the only other that. thing you can do is you know have somebody like Sullivan Tire. They can order any kind of tire. They can order it for you yeah. and get it in a few days, and then at least you'll have the yeah. same kind of tire. But chances are the winter tractions. It's this is if those are if those are actual summer tires that aren't designed for winter weather. It's gonna it's gonna stink in the winter time. Okay. 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 All right. How Thanks, long Jim. How long? Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry, I was going to say, just hold on the donut. Yeah, I've been driving the donut for like for a few days now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, they 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 tell you you shouldn't. I, I've seen people drive them till they wear out. So you know, you can yeah yeah. I mean, you can you can keep driving. I, I would keep your speed under fifty miles an hour though. Yeah, but obviously that's yeah. not the same as the other tire. So that's screwing no, up the transmission. No. The, yeah, uh, yeah, over time it can. So you know they always tell you don't drive more than fifty or a hundred miles. But you know if you're driving, yeah. you know if you're driving, if you're driving, you know five five miles back and forth to work for a, you know a week in a row, it's not gonna it's not gonna be that terrible. Okay. For you, so, okay. but don't 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 drive to Southern California on that tire. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. bye. Well, we didn't. We I don't think we're going to have time to talk to Dennis. But you had kind of a weird thing happen this week, right? I did. Crash well, sensor well, light kept coming on. Yeah, which uh, and the the dealer had the car for a day, and they told you we couldn't find anything wrong with it. And the reality of it is, 
The crash sensor is the forward collision warning sensor, so it automatically warns you if you're about ready to run into something, and if you're not paying attention, it will actually apply the brakes and either slow down or stop the car. And uh, the, uh, the sensor, what probably happened was, on that day it snowed, the sensor got covered with snow and ice, and it just couldn't see, and it shut it off. And uh, the Mitsubishi, I'm driving a Mitsubishi Eclipse, exactly the same thing happened, nothing wrong with the car. So, unfortunately, your car spent the day at a dealership, and it didn't really need to. Yeah, it could have been worse, though. I'd it rather have gone, got it checked yep. out because my wife yep. was driving it that day, and she read yep. that it could make the car stop all of a sudden. So, Well, yeah, it might not. Might but not. anyway, yep. yeah, it might not. But but we want to keep anybody who's maiden name was Paul safe. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, I understand our buddy Bobby Brooks is in the studio. Hey, how you doing down there, John? You know, what you just said to Dennis is what I was telling him off the air. What you just said, I said that's that was the issue with the car. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, see you. You see, I can take the week off then. You can. No, you no, can. No. You can fill in. You can fill in for I me. I could never fill in for you. And yeah, tell our friend Dave down there. We said hello. That was a great segment he did. Yeah. yeah no, it's awesome. uh, this is this is a great little place. I've been coming here. I think I've been coming here since I've been with Salem. So I want to say ten or eleven years. I've been coming to uh, right around this this time of year, and it's always great. And whether it was, uh, uh, you know, just watching them, you know, it's it's remote car starter, remote car starter. Um, you know, key fobs. It's just a, it's a great little place. They have a lot of nice accessories here, and you know whether it's the WeatherTech line, the the cargo cargo holders, uh, rear view cameras, all the adapters you need. Um, you know, upgrade your headlights, upgrade your taillights. They have all this stuff here, and it's always a great place. So, uh, Auto Toys and Randolph, stop on by and uh, check it all out. Hey, Bobby Brooks is coming up with the very best in Irish music right here every weekend on AM 950, 100.3 FM, or listen to it on the stream or tell your smart speaker, hey, I want to listen to WROL Radio. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.